Thank you so much for downloading this episode of the Future of Agriculture podcast. My name is Tim Hamrich, and if you are interested in where practical realities meet innovation in agriculture, you have come to the right podcast. It is my pleasure to interview the founders, the farmers, innovators, investors shaping the future of the ag industry. And we have a few of those on the show today. This is the final installment in 2020 of the series that I've been partnering with Intent On. And we have someone on the show that is a about as regular of a guest as I've ever had. Somebody who first made his appearance way back in episode 28. So over 200 episodes ago. It's kind of hard to believe that. But uh, it was probably in 2016, I imagine. Maybe maybe early 2017, somewhere around there. Uh, founder of Intent, Kevin Heikus. Kevin, thank you so much for coming back and sticking with me. Tim, I, I appreciate it. I, I really appreciate the relationship, though. And, and I sincerely mean that. I think about the um, first episode that we did. So we're recording this late November. We actually recorded our first episode November of 2016. I went back and listened last night. My kids got a kick out of listening to that. And, and all of us were like, wow, we've we've come a long ways. But here's the thing, Tim, I think it's important that we emphasize, and, and I personally, on my behalf of myself and Randy and the rest of the intent team, I don't think you get enough credit for what you do for the industry. And what I mean by that is you you ask really good questions. And the first episode, as I went back and think about 2016, I'll never forget that day, Tim. We had kind of just launched intent and I was in my basement that day. And typically, you know, when you're going to have a conversation, I like to go in and make a few notes and say, you know, these are things that I want to hit on. My whole goal that day was that I said the company name correctly. I was like, I'm on this podcast <laughs> and, and you know, I you had become a legend and everyone's like, man, this podcast, if you ever get on there, you've made it big. And I'll never forget that <laughs> right. day. But I, I think that, you know, going back to 2016 and watching you grow and watching us grow and I just want to make sure that we give credit to what you're doing for the industry. And, and I want to talk about that relationship because you've been part of the evolution. And as we've grown, you're the only way that we've ever told our story and it's worked. And I sincerely hope you know that the questions you ask, the people you bring on. And when I look at myself, you're one of the influencers in, in my life. I look at this guy's asking really good questions and innovation is hard. And to me, you're part of that. So I just wanted to kind of start with that, Tim. No, I really do appreciate that, Kevin. Thank you. And, and clear back then in 2016, I was new to ag tech. You were already a seasoned ag tech you know, veteran with, with your previous experience. I was kind of new to the industry and just really learning. And you've you know, been willing over the years to sort of guide me and direct me. And really, this whole idea of adoption, which has clearly emerged as one of the biggest, if not the biggest challenge in ag tech is something that, you know, in that episode years ago, I was sort of understanding for the first time. And it sounds like, you know, intent has sort of evolved in their approach to it from that time as well. So maybe you could talk a little bit about that, about at that time, my understanding of what you were doing is like, okay, you're going to help companies set up trials. And I didn't really fully grasp the depth of what was happening here, that true adoption needs to be this coordinated collaborative effort that's very hard to do at scale. So maybe talk about that sort of evolution. No, I, that, that's exactly why I went back and listened to it, because my question was, how have we changed and, and how have we stayed the same? And the core premise, when Randy Barker, my co-founder, and I sat down and said, we're going to launch this new company, and this name is going to be about intentional data, and we went through that. But the premise has never changed. And the premise was that adoption is really, really hard. He saw that during his time at, at Monsanto. He saw that during his global experience. 
I saw that as building technology companies and being part of startups. And, and I kept looking at this saying, you know, this is hard. There is data that exists, but the core foundation that has not changed to this day and every episode after 28, when we've come on with you, we've brought who to the, to the table? We brought farmers. And that's the thing that I so much appreciate the partnership with you because I could come on here and I could talk about our technology and I could tell you how the watch is made. And so many founders, they come on and they want to talk about the features and benefits and how cool their company is. And that's, that's important. But what you and I have always aligned on is what does it do for the farmer or the agribusiness and, and how are we making the industry better? And so that core premise of understanding that adoption is hard in order to make adoption easier, let's put the farmer at the forefront of that. Let's make them part of the equation, number two. And then the, the, the final thing that we talked about was technology. And I would love to tell you, Tim, that when we sat down and I was in my basement uh, you know, almost five years ago, that we were sitting there going, we had a plan. And we didn't know what this was going to look like. And I can tell you in 2016, our plan was not to build the intent and vision trial platform. That wasn't our plan. Our plan was trials were not run efficiently, that we could utilize technology available. We could use systems. We could use CRMs. We could run them more efficiently. And a metric that we didn't have early on and, and really one that has surprised me, in order to facilitate just a basic trial, you know, if we're doing an inferral trial or one folder application, we're going to talk to farmers 25 to 35 times throughout the year on average. That's how much it takes to run these trials. So as you look at the complexity of the industry, that communication and what it takes to get the insights at the end of the year, there is a whole season that has to take place to get to those, uh, those valuable insights. And somebody may be listening and think, okay, 25 to 30 times, like that's a lot of communication, but you know, I can see where that's doable. Then you consider our episode today, which is with BASF, and they are doing 1,200 trials. It's just mind-blowing. And then you think about that level of communication that needs to happen, and that's when you start to realize, oh, Intent is a tech company because you cannot do that you know, in sort of a an analog way only, right? And uh, so maybe start to frame our episode here today of what everybody's going to hear about. Yeah. Let's think about today. And really, I, I want to recap where we've been. And you and I and Randy, as we sat down, we said, we've got to explain the industry. And so we said there's a four-part series that has to happen here. And so if you think about the evolution of this year, the first thing that we wanted to do was make sure that we were bringing on farmers and companies. And so the first one that we brought on was Chad Rubicki and, and uh, John Grandin. And the point is, we've got to connect farmers to companies. There's not a super secret group of farmers that we have that other organizations don't have. There's a group of innovators that are the top two to 5% that are innovating for a lot of companies. How do we connect the right innovators with the right companies? So that was the first episode, just connecting that. Then if we come back and we look at the, the second one, the complexity of trials, people sometimes forget how complex these trials are. So we brought on Sean Bloomgren and we brought on Dr. Dan Poston from Pivot Bio. And they talked about in season. It's kind of like going to the gym. In January, we're all going to set all these New Year's resolutions and we're going to lose weight and we're going to put on Facebook and we're going to have accountability. In December and January, every farmer out there is going to set up their trials. I'm going to evaluate this. I'm going to evaluate that. That's the easy part of this whole process. When we brought Dr. Poston on and we brought Sean on mid-season, we were in the midst of traveling. You know, I think our team traveled 75,000 miles this year doing field visits. Getting to the field, looking at what was out there with organizations, companies are out there, we're out there. 
But, you know, the thing that has to happen is that all of that has to be coordinated. So when, when you look at all of those visits in season and, and may, being able to manage those, that was the second point. We said trials are complex. The third one that we wanted to bring in is we brought in Kyle Maimon and we brought in Brad from New Leaf. And the thing is that as we looked at that, Brad Walkup and I had the experience before where at the end of the year, we tried to go back and recreate the data story. And I guarantee you, this, as this episode goes out in December, there are companies right now that are trying to get planting data. They're trying to understand where a trial was. They're trying to understand product placement. And if you're getting data now, and if you don't have results or insights on what your product did this year, you're too late. And I would tell companies that probably if you're going back looking at last year right now, you're probably going to have a 10 to 15% success rate at best. So those were the, the first three talking about being able to collect that data in season, be able to communicate with farmers and be able to work with those organizations. So then as to your point, we get to BASF. This is an entire different setup. And this leads into, we started to announce with you the intent and vision platform, right? And what you know is that BSF, they know growers. They know a lot of growers. And what BSF and, and the reason that the partnership with us works so well is that we were able to focus on what we were good at, which is the trial platform. After five years of being in the field, going out and understanding what it takes to collect this data, being able to understand to ingest it, to be able to go in and clean that data and do this at scale, that's the part that they needed. So it wasn't the grower network that we've talked about. Some companies do need that, but BSF said it's it's all about the platform as we think about this. So that's why the, the relationship and, and talking about how a company like us can work with a multinational and really what that uh, success looks like working with those two together. Yeah, I think it's a great point. And you know, Josh even mentions that you all were not the first place they looked for help with this. And uh, the huge difference it made from the first go round to when they, you know, partner with Intent. I've thought about often after uh, Sean Bloomgren and, and Dan Poston's interview about Sean's words about, he said something to the effect of, I guarantee you there has been really good technology that never saw the light of day because it was such a nightmare just to try it. And, you know, they just won't even consider it anymore. I mean, it really kind of brings home that point that it isn't just the technology, you know, that ends up determining success. So today's episode, uh, we're going to bring on Josh Miller and Elizabeth Blessum from BASF. You know, I think it's a really interesting story. Is there anything that we should make sure everybody has top of mind as what they kind of enter into the conversation here? Yeah, I'm excited to listen to this, Tim. One, I love listening to Josh. Josh Miller is one that, uh, as I got to know him a year and a half, two years ago, I just... I love his vision. I love his excitement and his enthusiasm for where things are headed. And, and I've learned a, a ton from him. So I think that the audience is going to find value in that. You know, the, the goal that I'm sure we're going to hear Josh talk about is their process and their objective was to launch their Revisol brand. They didn't come out and say, we want to build a technology platform. That's not what they said. We want to launch a Revisol brand. And I think that's where we've been completely aligned is that we wanted to help them in that initiative, number one. Number two, as I said, we need a platform that is customizable. We've looked at other systems that are out there and, and there are pieces internally, but we need to have a platform that is going to be customized as we go because their needs are different than other organizations. So I said, as we go through the season, we want to be able to engage with that. So my guess is that's what we'll hear about. The biggest thing, and I would encourage our audience to listen for this because when I hear Josh talk and I hear the BSF team talk about their objectives, 
the company uses the word experience. They use the word experience a lot. And I think that's really important as you understand where agriculture is headed, customer experience, their farmer experience. And that's where we've been completely aligned as to focus on, again, not building the technology, but let's build an amazing farmer experience. Let's help their field team to make sure that they're the most successful they can possibly be. Because when technology gets in the way of innovation, no one's happy. So my guess is those are the things that we'll hear as we go into the conversation with Josh and Elizabeth. When technology gets in the way of innovation, no one's happy. I love that. I've never heard that, but uh, I really like that a lot. Let's drop into the conversation here. Where we're going to start is Josh is talking about what data do farmers actually trust? Part of my job, I get to go around and talk to a lot of different groups, retailers, farmers, you know, distribution partners. And uh, I talk a lot about our data. I talk a lot about the trials that we do and our products and the benefits they have. And I started asking a question in most of my presentations towards the end. And I just asked them, you know, what data do you trust? And gave them some options. It was like university data. You know, some hands went up. And then I said, you know, on-farm data. Well, a lot of hands go up for that. And their own data. Well, every hand goes up. And I said, well, how about the manufacturer? I was like, that's me. Not a hand would go up. I mean, if my mother was in the room, maybe one hand would go up. But like, honestly, I was like, well, I just got done talking to you guys for 45 minutes about our products and my data. And you just told me you didn't trust the, you know, a word I said of it. I was like, okay, I get it. I get it. Because I was in retail before too. And, and whoever came to talk to you guys about the second best product on the market, we all have the best product, right? And so how, how can you possibly discern for yourself, you know, what is the best product for you, for your farm. And so we had a unique opportunity with the launch of our newest fungicides, the Revisol brand fungicides in corn, that's Veltima, in soybeans, that's Revitech, to do things differently. And so, yes, we're doing a lot of small scale, replicated, you know, university work to see what the products can do. But we say, you know what, we need to get this out in front of farmers. We need to get the farmers to help us generate the data to see how these products are going to actually perform in real world scenarios. And so that they have some confidence in it. You know, it's, it's data that's from their backyard. If it's not their own, it's at least their neighbors, somebody in the County. And so we set off to prior to launching or even being able to sell this product, we put out over 1200 on-farm trials in 2019. We launched then the products you know, last fall. So 2020 was our first year here of being able to sell these products across the country. We already had 1,200 on-farm trials where this was being seen by farmers around the country. And this year we did another, there's over 900 trials placed this year with the products. And it's something that we're gonna to continue to do. I think it's becoming you know, now part of our DNA. It's, it's not just about the data, it's about the experiences and about where the data comes from. And that's really the critical part. That's cool that you can kind of pinpoint when it really hit you in those talks that you were giving. Prior to that time, had BASF had an extensive on-farm trial program? Well, to the degree that anybody has on-farm work, right? There's a distinction between demos and true on-farm trials. And kind of related back when I was in retail, I did a lot of demos when I first started in retail. You just drop some product off in the beginning of the, the season, or you told them to try a new practice, and then you check back in at the end of the season to see how it worked. And I'm going to say probably nine times out of 10, <laughs> you didn't get the response that you thought you were going to get, not from the product not working, but from the experience that the farmer actually had. Maybe they forgot where they put the trowel or somebody else harvested it, but there was no experience throughout the entire season 
where they were out there really digging in to see what the products were doing, you know, how this was actually working on their farms. And so, yes, we've had demos in our company, but we said, no, we need to set off and do an actual experience. And that's why we call it the RevX fields, the Revisaw experience fields. It was from the time we drop off the product to flying drones across the fields to get NDVI image imagery off of these to constantly touching in with the farmers to, to talk about how the products are performing to finally getting the yield data at the end of the season. The entire thing was the new experience. And that is definitely something that we had not done. And I, I would venture to say very few companies have ever really tried to do on a, on a large scale. And Elizabeth, from your perspective, what's changed that makes this more important? Obviously, you know, companies like BASF have been rolling out new products for a long time. Why is this different now? So much more important now than maybe it used to be. I think that we had a cool opportunity with the whole RevX Fields process. Not only were we launching a new fungicide, but we wanted to grow the fungicide business as a whole. And I guess my personal take on it coming from a farm, it's like, you know, I was kind of skeptical about fungicides. You know, I'd heard about the work done and learned about it in college, you know, saw that maybe some neighbors were doing it. But at the same time, you kind of think to yourself, like, I just don't think this is going to work on my farm. You know, we don't have a high disease pressure. We had the opportunity with the whole experience that went into these trials to not only educate farmers about what fungicides can do for them, but also show them what they can do. And so being able to, you know, take sales collateral or, or take different images to them and say, this is your field and this is what's going on. And then just kind of highlight, you know, why this is happening and so that just gives an opportunity for us to um, learn with the farmers and help figure out what fits on their acres to make the best recommendation. Great. And I, I want to get back to, Josh, something you said earlier about trust. What data do you trust? And obviously, just saying that, hey, this came from on-farm data goes a long way, but it probably still needs to be done in a way that convinces them, not only did this work on some other person's farm, but this would work on my farm. How do you solve that problem where it seems like that's the next step in the evolution? At first, it's like, oh, that wouldn't work in a real farm. And then it's, oh, that wouldn't work on my farm. How do you kind of overcome that second part? That's where scale (laughs) helps a little bit and why we had to go so big. You know, our original goal, I mean, we had some crazy ideas at first. We were like, all right, we need a trial so that there was at least a trial within like three miles of your farm or 10 miles within your farm. And um, with the coverage we got, we, we had a really good coverage. And so the whole idea, and it became almost a tagline for us, was that this is in your backyard. It's not a sales sheet that we're bringing you that had some data from a, you know, a research farm in Iowa and you live in Missouri or in North Dakota no, you can zoom right in and look at the fields that were just in the counties right around you. And that's as close as we can probably get without getting a trial on your farm. But hey, by the way, if you want to try a, a trial on your farm next year, call us. <laughs> we'll put one on your farm too. But in addition to that, it was about the transparency of sharing the data then. And I think that was where this really took another step. And we created a website, uh, revxfields.com. It's you know being updated now as we speak. It's going to look a lot different and give a lot more experience to those that didn't have trials uh, when they log on to it. You know after Thanksgiving into the new year when we have all of our 2020 data in. But we said you know win, lose or draw, we're going to put all the trials on this map that you can go play with. You know zoom in your area, look how it performed in your backyard. And I wish we won every one of them, but we didn't because that's the real world. But I think that transparency 
is key to the trust. So yes, it's not just from the trial that we we paid for at the university, but it's on farm. And yes, it is a farm in your county or the county next to you. And yes, it's all of them. It's whether we won, lost, or tied. It's all of them out there and you can judge for yourself. And what is the willingness, Elizabeth, of you know a potential customer to run a trial? I mean, do they have a hundred companies trying to get them to try their product, and they have to kind of pick and choose, or is it you know are they pretty receptive to sort of saying, yeah, I'd love to try before I buy type of thing? You know, most of the people that I approached were very willing, but I kind of wanted to make sure that I was targeting people that are doing all of the little things right on their farm, you know. And I think that's where fungicides have the best fit. You know, that farmer has to be doing everything right from fertilizer to choosing the right seed to making sure that their farm is just kind of in tune with everything. And so I give a lot of credit back to the farmers for doing all the little things right, which kind of provides the opportunity for us to approach them with a thing such as a fungicide trial, where we know that there's not going to be a lot of underlying things going on in the field. And that way we can learn with them. Josh, I want to get back to, because I think, you know, the theme is transparency here. And I I love what you're doing. And I I really love what you said about, we're going to post the results we're getting, even if it doesn't, you know, make us look good in every single case, because that transparency really goes a long way. Talk about that in the context of data. I think some people get lost as soon as the word data comes up. It's just kind of like, you know, it seems like these numbers come out of a black box. You know, how do you bring transparency to the data side of the conversation? Yeah, well, I think that's part of where working with the right partners is important as well. And so I would say that we have two really key partners that we're working with that have helped take the RevX field to the next level. And that's Acre from the imagery part of things and Intent from the trial management part of things. Intent has basically built us a trial management platform so that we can run these trials effectively, that we can gather the information that we need. Like we said, the the data that the yield information is only one part of the story, but it's a critical part of the story. They're allowing us to collect images, house everything that happens on that farm throughout the entire season, and then share that back to the farmer. And then be able to transfer that over to the RevX Fields website so that we can share it with everybody. If you did a trial or if you didn't do a trial, you know, anonymize the data so that you can go and, and dig in and see how those yields hand out. But the other thing that Intent does for us is they help us process the yield data because one of the things Elizabeth had, had alluded to there is is that you know fungicides aren't a silver bullet. Sometimes they may not work for other reasons. You know that the fertility just wasn't right, and so you know no amount of fungicides is going to fix a you know a fertility issue. But there's also things that happen in a field where the endros, the waterways that go through, a lot of things can happen in a field that just naturally bring yield down in this one part of the field or versus another part. And so intent actually helps us. It's a third party, you know, yield processing that they do that basically cleans the data. So you're comparing as like part of field to like part of field as you possibly can. And that's really critical when we want to really think about how products perform, you know, versus an untreated check versus another product in the field. You need to be comparing as close of similar parts of the field to similar parts of the field as you possibly can. And that's been a really critical part in this whole thing is making sure that the yield data that we present is as realistic as possible. And I'll just say, I mean, I wish every time it it panned out in our favor, but there's some times where, you know, the one part of the field that maybe had the untreated check also had 
a really low spot that was just flooded out, and we have to cut that part out of it. And it raises the overall yield in that untreated part of the field, and it brings it closer to what we we have. You know, we had an example last year where I would have loved to include this trial in there, but you know, we beat a competitive product by about 55 bushel. In no world did that make sense. It wasn't agronomically sound to be able to put that up there, and and it turns out that that one part of the field that had the competitive product just basically was low, was rained out a lot of the season, had just issues with it nonstop, and then had a windstorm that took down that side of the field a little more than our side of the field. And it just wasn't a fair comparison. So making sure that you have as fair a comparison out there as possible is is also a critical part. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. And, and as you look to the future, where do you hope analytics can take us next? I mean, what what's something that you wish you were kind of getting data on that is just maybe we're not quite there yet? Well, I don't want to give away all of our secrets. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Um, I think there's a lot that we're still learning. Everybody wants that magic bullet. Everybody wants to figure out, you know, what are the key data pieces to be able to plug in and have machine learning and AI start to tell us exactly what's happening in the field. Most every model that's out there, regardless of what company is presented to you, is derived off of weather-based models. And so they have limitations. You know, even the models that we have with our Zarbio tools, they're weather-based. And so they're driven off of what's happening with the nearest weather station by you. But there's a lot of nuance that happens within a field. And we know that. And so what we need to continue to do is figure out how to find those critical pieces that are happening within the field that are changing the response of a plant based on the weather that's happening out there. That's actually changing the way that the plant is going to respond to the season. How can we manage that? So I think what we're working on is trying to figure out how to look at soils a little bit differently. How do the soils, what we know about the soils, how can we profile those to set us up and understand more about how the crop's going to deal with certain things that happen with the season? How can we get inside the canopy? That's one of the things we're working with Acron a lot is how do we get inside the canopy and collect more data in the canopy? But ultimately, then we have to be able to house all that in some place and collect it in a way. And then that's where intents come in to really help us build out the system to collect, house all this data, and then be able to use it effectively afterwards. And for you and your colleagues, Elizabeth, if you're out there you know, trying to push a product that hadn't been trialed, how does that look different than those that you are choosing to go through this trial process with? I think it comes down to believability. Personally, I'm a visual learner. I like to see things myself. And so I have better luck selling a product that I believe in and that I've been able to see in the field and coming from a farm. You know, I kind of have the underlying skepticalism on, on, you know, if the product's going to work or if it's not going to work. And so being able to see things firsthand has helped myself believe and then ultimately help others believe in the product as well. Tim, I think that Elizabeth really mentioned it earlier too. This may sound like it's BASF centric, but I hope it doesn't come across this way. With the launch of Revitech and Veltima and the Revisol brands, we did have a goal to grow the entire fungicide market. Elizabeth mentioned that earlier. And that's not just because BSF wants to sell more fungicide. Now, obviously, we do, right? Again, I have my biases. I, I still work for a for profit company. We want to sell more fungicides. But there's a lot of opportunity out there that we see. And we've hit this wall, it seemed like, about the number of acres that have been treated with a fungicide. And it's actually a relatively new indication. In 2005, we launched Headline, and it basically introduced row crop farmers to fungicides 
in broad scale. And it, it started the entire market in 2005. And so we had this big increase in the number of acres that were treated with the fungicide. Then we actually didn't see another increase in fungicide adoption until 2011 when we launched Preaxor. So another fungicide that we launched, we saw another increase in adoption nationwide. And then since then, it's plateaued again. And we're somewhere in the order of 25 to 30% of the acres of corn and soybeans get treated with the fungicide every year. That's like 70%, 75% of the acres out there are not getting treated with the fungicide. And so it's a lot of opportunity, not just for us, but for farmers to realize the benefit. Like Elizabeth's saying there, she's able to talk to these farmers now, not about just putting fungicide on the acre, but you know, getting 15 bushel more per acre on their corn, which could mean the difference between, you know, having an acre be in the red and the black in a season like this past, I mean, before the commodity prices rebounded. So it's a real opportunity out there, but why have we hit the wall? Why can't we get over that next hurdle? There's been plenty of fungicides that have hit the market from other companies since 2011 till now that haven't increased adoption any. It's just trading the current acres that are treated from this product to that product. And we could have taken that approach and tried to steal every acre out there that was already treated with somebody else and get them to treat ours. But we said, no, more farmers can realize the benefit of fungicide, but it's the believability that we need to overcome because they've said, I don't think I need it on my farm to grow a good crop. How do we overcome that? This is the show me. You can tell me all you want, but show me how it's going to work. And then seeing is believing is pretty much how it goes. And so I think that was really the crux of why we did this. And hopefully I came across the right way. It didn't sound like I'm just trying to sell a lot more fungicides out there, but really let more farmers see the benefit of what these products can do on their own farms. Yeah, no, it didn't come across negatively at all. A company like BASF has just a whole wide range of offerings. How do you decide which products to trial in this way? I I wouldn't think that you could, at the same scale, put uh, every product out there in these trials. How how do you decide on that side? Well, true, (laughs) true. So when you're launching a new product, you certainly have more budget available to you to try to support the launch of a product. And that's really what we did with the year one was we focused on Deltima and Revitech, our two new fungicides. But actually, a lot of those fields, the trials that were placed out there, I believe it was only order 30% of them went out against our existing brands because farmers wanted to see, does this offer me more than what your current fungicides I'm already using are offering me? And so it was interesting. We got a lot of good data back on that about the benefits of the new products versus the older products. But in 2020, this year, we actually had nine different BSF fungicides that were focused brands for these trials. Now, they all didn't get the same number, but we had Preaxor in alfalfa. We were looking at Sevia in cherry trees. We have Probasol in peanuts. You know, So we're really trying to say, okay, this is part of our DNA now. We want to continue to do small scale because that informs us and lets us work with university pathologists at a deeper level. But this is a way that we can see our products performing in real scenarios better and have our farmers be a part of the process to collect the data that's going to help us know how best to recommend these products. And so as we move forward, we're continuing to see how we expand, um, looking at seed treatments right now and our seed varieties. How do we incorporate more of our portfolio? This year, we started looking at Liberty herbicide. And we're starting to look at more of a herbicide portfolio that this is a new way that we can approach the market differently with this new mentality of, of doing trials with real farmers on real farms. So 
yes, we do more trials with launch brands <laughs> because we need to, but this is a part of our DNA now. This is who we're going to be moving forward. Elizabeth, let's let's let you get a kind of a final word in here. And then we'll also let Josh get a final word in here. A two-part question. Number one, where do you see all of this going? How do you kind of see the future of of trialing sort of developing? You know, the podcast is called Future of Ag. And then anything else that maybe we didn't get to that you're hoping to talk about? Yeah. So kind of where I see uh, partnerships like working with Intent and these on-farm trials going in the future is just ultimately helping growers get more off of every acre of their farm. I mean, I'm asked just about every day, you know, what can I do to increase profitability or what can I do to raise more bushels on my farm? And having trials and learning um, how the products fit on their farm helps us as reps fine tune our recommendations, um, whether it be the right product that we're recommending or the right timing that we're recommending it and making sure um, that we're hitting those big buckets there. And then also, I just think that it's going to help overall with the education piece of it. You know, people are going to become more familiar with fungicides. People are going to become more familiar with new products. And um, they're going to be more willing to try new things on their farm. And so it's just been really fun to see as the younger generation have more uh, that they're doing on the farm. They're kind of more willing to try some different things that they haven't done in the past. And ultimately, I think it's going to help us all raise more bushels. And then Josh, before we get to your parting comments, uh, one question about just kind of the deliverables of working with a company like Intent. You obviously want the data, but you probably don't just want just kind of like, you know, (laughs) tons and tons and tons of just data dumped on you. I know you mentioned earlier how they clean it and some of the other variables that go in other than yield. What are you looking for from a deliverable standpoint when working with a, a company like Intent? There's a couple of things. One is the system itself. I think that was most critical you know, we've seen different companies that have different business models about how they want to address this whole digital ag theme, if you will. And what we said is we didn't want to be everything to everybody. We want to do field trials better. Uh, that's what we want to do as good as possible. And so the system that they've worked with us to really tailor make it to what we need has been one of the biggest deliverables that they could do for us. But then how do we turn that back out? Because these farmers have put a lot of trust in us to do a trial with us and say, okay, yes, you can have my yield data. The piece that can't be lost is then anonymizing it because that is for the farmer only. You know, they put the trust in us to give us data. We need to give them as much detailed report as possible, but then we want everybody else to see how the products worked, but we can't give anybody indication about who was in the trial or where the trial was done. And so we've done a lot of work then to anonymize the data, to basically scrub it of anything that could be recognizable on a field and then put that on a publicly available website that you can dig in and see where these things happen on a map to a level that doesn't let you dig in too far to see exactly where it was on a map, but to let everybody else kind of be a part of the RevX field experience as well. Farmers have their factories out in the public domain pretty much, right? I mean, everything that they do is, is proprietary to some degree, what products they choose, what seed varieties they choose, how they do things, and it's all out there. And I think that it can't be taken for granted, especially at a company like BSF or any of these companies, if a farmer shares that data with you, that's a huge amount of IP that they've shared with us and we need to treat it with the respect that it deserves. I think if the first time a company breaks that trust, it's going to hurt the entire industry, but it's certainly going to hurt the the one that did break the trust. And and I think that's something we're, we're trying to be very cognizant of. That data is obviously important. It's going to help all of us make better decisions 
But the farmers have to know that the decisions that it's going to help inform for us is going to be the decisions that we help make better recommendations for them. And I don't know how to phrase it any better, but but trust is the utmost important part of this entire relationship. And um, just challenge all of us when we're in the position to have farmers' data when they do share that with us. It's an immense responsibility, and I just hope we all take it as such. Man, what an awesome way to end. Thank you very much. Anything we didn't get to that you all were hoping to to share? Yeah, I hope we hit on intent enough because intent has been an incredible partner to work with, and it wouldn't have been possible. We actually, they are actually <laughs> the second partner that we've worked with to try to get this thing off the ground. They came on board fully this year to help implement this trial management system, and it was light years different from what the experience was this year to have the right partner in place to help us do this. So it's, it's their expertise. It's their experience. That's really helped us reach another level with this thing. You know, the idea was there, but we didn't have the partners in place to really execute the way we needed to. And so it's been really beneficial to have that. Wow. What a great interview there with Josh and Elizabeth. I I particularly thought the way he ended that, I mean, just putting it very succinctly, the importance of what they're doing there with intent, I thought were good words to kind of end on a very high note. I'm back with Kevin Hykus, co-founder of Intent. And Kevin, I'd just love to hear kind of your takeaways uh, from this conversation coming from the lens of somebody who lives this every day. You know, as I listen to those comments, Tim, um, there's nothing in life that feels better than building something of value. And when you have farmers that call and say, I'm able to see results in my field, or you have clients that are talking about you've made our lives better. To me, that is the most fulfilling thing that, that we can do. And as a company, that's what motivates us. So that was, I've loved the partnership. I, I've loved watching all of our team on the technology side and on the operations side work with the BSF team. And it's been fun to watch and, and to hear those comments. It's like, it feels like we're moving in the right direction. I also heard in those comments that we don't have it figured out. As I listened to Josh, there's a lot of work left to be done. And I think that's one of the things that motivates us. But there were three topics that I heard as uh, Josh and Elizabeth went through that. They talked about uh, trust, data, and the platform. And I think that no matter who you are in the industry, if you're listening to this podcast, those are things that resonate. And so they talked a lot about uh, trust at the farmer level. And I think that Josh has laid out this vision that all about data and how we have to build something that the farmers trust and can see. And so I think whether it's a partnership between Intent or BSF, whether it's between the field team and, and the farmer, if we go back to the purpose of your podcast and we focus on innovation, if trust is not at the center of that, we're going to have a real hard time advancing product adoption. The second thing they talked a lot about was data. And we talk about this in the industry, but the things that I think that um, we need to take away is as you're looking at at field trial data, they talked about data quality. They talked about independent data, but there was a word that Elizabeth used in there. She talked about, I can now visualize my data. And I think that's one of the things that we miss when data comes off a plant or a sprayer or a combine we can get massive amounts of zeros and ones of data. And there are some really smart data science team members that can do amazing analysis with that. But there are a lot of us, and I'll put myself in this bucket, that I need red, yellow, green. I know that red isn't necessarily as good, green's really good, and I wanna see that on a map. I've got to be able to visualize that data. And I think that's one of the things that Elizabeth was talking about. 
I know farmers talk about, but the data visualization and continual enhancement of that, as I think about the Intent and Vision platform, that's what we focus on is how do we allow farmers and companies to be able to visualize that data? And then the other thing they talked about was the ease. And they talked about making sure that it's easy to upload data and making sure that we're not changing a farmer's process or that someone has support that they can go to. So as I look at uh, the, the third leg of that and what I heard from, from the team, and I think about where I want to continue to, to drive the development on, on our side, it's on the platform itself, we've got to continue to make it customizable. I just don't believe, and our company is not set up, that we're going to build a product. We're going to build this field trial platform, and you're going to put it out there and people are going to use it. Because I know that every organization, you've had four of them on this year that have talked to you, every one of them uses it differently. And so the customization and the second piece of that is what is the support behind that? Who does the farmer call? Who does the company talk to? And for us, not losing that people element alongside with the intent and vision platform, we're just not going to be able to take for granted the amount of personal connection and and communication that goes in to make that work. So those are the things that I took away from this conversation. But uh, as I expected, um, I, I could listen to to Josh talk uh, all day long. I, I love his his vision, his enthusiasm, and he's just, um, I don't know about you, Tim, but uh, during this year, listening to the farmers that we've talked to and the companies that we've brought on, don't we get to work with some really cool people in the industry? We do. We do. It was a really great conversation. And you did just kind of tip your hand there a little bit as far as what's coming next for Intent, continuing to customize the platform for all the different use cases that need this rapid adoption. But Maybe to zoom out a little bit, I'd love to just kind of hear your more big picture thoughts about where things are headed. You know, do you see intent expanding into other types of products as well? Or I mean, obviously, the biological category is going to continue to explode. But uh, do you see any sort of expansion there? Yeah, um, actually, we're not focused solely on biologicals. We provide um, a platform that works for all inputs in the industry and work with uh, micronutrient companies. Uh, we do, um, we've do. we actually got into some work, Tim, and a lot of the things that you see are obviously the public-facing ones, but some of the more exciting work is the stuff that we can talk about. So we're working with companies that are bringing equipment solutions to the U.S. And the question they're looking at is we want to talk to farmers and understand the perception of this. And so we're working with the equipment companies. The other thing that we're doing is venturing into a lot of the um, even like market research space. So there's companies that are as they're making strategic decisions because we've got this quality group of farmers that can give really good feedback. They're saying, can we talk to that group and get their insights on topic X? So I, I would say that um, the, the platform is definitely versatile in, in what it can offer. And um, while the biological space is exciting and a, a core part of our business, it's not the only space that we focus in. The other piece that uh, while we've talked a lot about our technology and, we, and you know us for our, our farmer trials network, but a core growth area for us in 2021 um, and the customer experience and thinking about the customer journey, because if it's not about just the technology, but what does the farmer think about this? And I would say that working with companies to continue to enhance that journey and say, what is the best experience at the farmer level? What is the best experience at the company level? That team that's, that we're building and continuing to, to focus on in those areas is going to be an exciting thing to watch. Well, thank you so much to Kevin Hykus. Really enjoyed that. I mean, you won't find a more battle-tested ag tech insight than what you can get from him and the team over at Intent. I really learned so much from every conversation I have with Kevin. 
Thanks also, of course, to Josh Miller and Elizabeth Blessum at BASF for their willingness to share openly about their experiences on the show. I thought they really shared some fantastic insights into the importance of getting this process right. Thank you both, Josh and Elizabeth, for being on the show. If you receive value from any of these four Intent episodes that we've done this year, uh, would you do me a quick favor? Could you just give Intent a shout out on social media? It's I-N, the number 10, and then the letter T, so Intent. You can find them on pretty much every social platform that I know of, and also check out their website, intent.ag and farmertrials.com. Thanks so much for your time and your attention. I really don't take it lightly. I'll be back next week with another story of ag innovation. Ag innovation.